Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington, and this is The Doug Show. It is after 5 p.m. here while I'm recording this, so I am having a beer. If it is the morning time for you and maybe you're going to work, I'm sorry about that. Maybe you could have a beer or something like that later in the day. For the people that care, I'm drinking a Breckenridge Brewery beer, and it's called Breck Lager. It is a golden and refreshing, or it says this, golden and refreshing with a crisp finish. It's a great summertime beer, or if you're hanging out by the pool, it's actually not the summer right now. It's actually the the winter, and it snowed like three inches today, but it's a good beer nonetheless, and it's a good one just to have while maybe you're podcasting or just sitting around watching TV. Maybe you're having a couple of these. I haven't, by the way because I'm going to be talking here for a little while and recording an episode. Funny story, tried to record an episode um, a long time ago. I'll skip a lot of the details, but I was uh, I had many beers. I'll, I'll put it that way. I had a lot of beers, many beers. You define it as, like I guess, binge drinking. Like I think some people call it that, like doctors and stuff. But basically, it didn't work out well. All right, <laughs> didn't work out. It wasn't nearly as funny as I thought it was when I was recording it. And when you listen to it afterwards, it's like super clear that it's not very funny. It just sounds like a drunk person um, talking into a microphone. So anyway, I learned my lesson then. That is not what we're talking about today. So let me shift gears and get into the mode where I'm actually talking about the topic of the day. That is work-life balance, not as an employee, but as an independent business owner. This episode was inspired by a nice email that was sent to me by Jed out of the UK. And he listened to an episode where I asked for feedback specifically, and it was the the show on recreational marijuana, recreational weed. And basically, uh, Jed was listening to the episode and he appreciated the uh, conversational tone and just kind of like mixing up the topics that I do versus like straight affiliate marketing, straight SEO, which to be honest with you, at some point does get a little bit dry to me because I have been talking about a lot of the same stuff and it just honestly it gets a little bit old, especially if, it, if it's just me talking. It's super boring to go over things that I've taught before um, in this specific format. If I'm having a conversation, if I'm talking to another expert, if I'm interviewing someone, I can go over the same topics over and over again because every person, every conversation is totally different. But anyway, Jed was like, hey, I was digging the episode. He mentions that a lot of people are juggling many different things, family, mortgages, jobs, um, side hustles, whatever. And one of the biggest challenges is to stick to the task and not get distracted with other things. Now, hopefully, the way I pepper in informational ideas as well as random bullshit in these episodes, I hope that is kind of helpful. I want it to be slightly entertaining. As I'm sitting here recording this, I'm not sure how entertaining it is, but I mean, people listen to it and there's more and more people downloading it. So I think that's good. And people shoot me emails, you know, they're, hey, they're telling me, hey, I dig the episode. So I, th- I think it's working okay. I'm constantly trying to improve though. Anyhow, I asked Jed because he sent this nice email. He actually sent me some feedback. I was like, hey man, do you want me to do any topics, like anything on your mind? Just let me know. So he 
thought about work-life balance, sent me a nice email. It was concise. He sent me bullet points, things that he has uh, observed and, and some strategies that he has personally. And I was like, that's fantastic because you just sent me an outline for an episode. So Jed, uh, this beer, uh, cheers to you, man. So one of the things that uh, Jed mentioned is like when you have a job and you're like, quote, docked into a social circle, um, you kind of have like some decisions made for you. So like if you have a job, you have coworkers and you have people that you're, you know, kind of forced to spend time with. And for a lot of people, you end up being pretty good friends with your coworkers. I know that's the case for me. And when I first started my career and I was in consulting, you were traveling with those people. They were your family away from home for four days of the week. And you were around them a lot. You, you stayed at the same hotels. You drove from the airport. You went out afterwards. And I have friends that I still talk to now. Uh, you know, 15 years later that I traveled with for like three months and I can give them a call and like go meet up with them somewhere across the world. A lot of us have moved around and done different things, but the, the cool part is you end up getting really close to those folks when you don't have that in place, right? When you're not working a full-time job, like I'm not working a, a full-time corporate gig right now, I have full... Uh, sort of rain on where I'm going to spend my time, who I'm hanging out with, and how I'm going to work. Now, for me personally, I, I wasn't really um, impacted in the same way that sort of Jed indicated that he was. He mentions that if you don't purposely go out and try to create a social circle, you can get miserable and it can it can impact your productivity a lot. And basically, there's some people who need to have some folks around and they, you know, it's extroverted versus introverted. I, I guess I'm sort of in the middle, probably edging on the introverted side, maybe a lot stronger than I believe, given the fact that I could kind of just work in a bubble by myself, hang out with my dog. I'll go walk outside. I'll see some other people at stores, stuff like that. Maybe I see him in the gym. I'm cool. That's about all the interaction I need. Yeah, I enjoy talking to people um, occasionally, but I mean, I've worked for years and I worked at home remotely away from, you know, an office before I started working independently. And basically, I was fine with that too. I did not need to have the break room or the water cooler where you go hang out with folks. So I guess I'm weird in that way, which is, uh, you know, <laughs> fortunate for the line of you know, work that I'm doing right now. But if you are out there and you're like, hey, this is pretty tough working for myself. I'm not sure what to do. Here are a few ideas and these are straight from Jed. So again, thanks for creating the outline for me. Super helpful. I'll obviously give you some of my uh, my feedback or at least my thoughts. Not really feedback because what you've done here, Jed, is fantastic. And I think it's effective. You're adjusting if you need to. And I'll just mention some stuff that I've done or things that, you know, I could pepper in on top of the, the points that you've made here. Before we get to Jed's six different tips, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by Ezoic. Ezoic is a Google certified publishing partner and the platform 
leverages artificial intelligence. And we're talking about the good kind of AI. We're not talking about the kind that could potentially take over the world in a singularity type event. We're talking about machine learning that helps you earn more money from website visitors and generally provides a personalized experience for those visitors, giving them a better on-page experience. Usually that means we're spending more time on the site, more time on your page, and it helps you optimize revenue and monetization on a per-visitor basis. The Ezoic platform features everything from intelligent website analytics to advanced automated visitor segmentation tools that allows publishers to improve visitor experiences and increase overall website revenue. They just rolled out their site speed accelerator and you could sign up for a free seven-day trial. There's a link in the description. Please check it out if you're interested in speeding up your site. It's pretty simple to set up. It's a free seven-day trial. There's no reason not to give it a shot. Thanks a lot to Ezoic. Point number one from Jed, he says he joined a co-working space and nobody does exactly what he does, but it still helps and he enjoys, uh, you know, just the, the social atmosphere and just working around other people. So I personally, I, I tried to go to some co-working spaces as I traveled, right? So I, I traveled some before I really started doing any sort of this uh, affiliate marketing stuff. I still had a full-time job, but I was still traveling around a little bit here and there. So I, I hit some different co-working spaces. And as I mentioned before, I'm not like super social or extremely outgoing or anything like that. So I would kind of just like go to a co-working space, get a coffee, talk to the person who would like check me in or something, and then never say a fucking word to anybody else. Basically, I would just like sit there, maybe pass someone and say, hey, what's going on? I'm, I'm you know, I just kind of mind my own business, do my work, get out of there, which is not really like the right way to go about it. Like if you're trying to socialize, like go socialize. I'm not sure what my goal really was. Um, I know in some cases I'm thinking, when I visited uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, my, I had some family there at some point in time. So I was visiting for like a week or something like that. And they didn't have much room in their, in their home. So I was like, well, I could work at the kitchen table for a little while. And I did, but really sometimes I, I wanted to get out of there, um, go where it was a little quieter, or at least other people were working and work was going on versus just like, you know, random holiday activities. And, um, you know, I got out of there, was a little more productive, and it was fine. So so it was fine. However, right now, um, I'm a member at the co-working space here in Longmont. Um, it's the Mr. Money Mustache World Headquarters, Triple M HQ. Some people just call it HQ. But I have been going there a little more often. So I, at first, I went maybe like once a month. Now it's closer to like every couple of weeks or about once a week or so. Like I think it was just last week, I taught um, a small session on just SEO. So a lot of people wanted to learn about it. I'm trying to speak and get in front of crowds and just not get nervous and start crying, fall to the floor in a fetal position, just not melt down and be able to to talk to people, make a presentation without falling all over myself. It was great. So at, at that point, I'm like going in, helping people out. They're getting to know me a little bit. I could talk with a specific purpose of teaching people and helping them out versus like me just talking about myself and 
you know, potentially interrupting people. You know, some people are sitting there working and you can't tell, or do they want to talk to me or are they like really into something? So I also run into that where I'm like, oh, I, I would hate to disturb someone when they're like really getting getting a lot of work done, you know? So a co-working space could be a great way to meet people and just be around more folks, have that sort of motivation um, just because you're around other people that are working. Now, one of the cool things with the HQ is there's a lot of people who are FI or financially independent, or at least they don't have a normal full-time like day job and they have a lot of flexibility. So for me, it's sort of like eye-opening. It's like, you know, crazy because they understand blogs, they understand working online, they understand affiliate marketing and side hustles. And like, we're all speaking the same language. We have a lot of common interest and it's really cool to be around the right group of people. When you find them, it's amazing, really amazing. So if you could find a co-working space or a meetup group or something like that, where you're like definitely like in the right group of people, that could be super helpful. Now, point number two that Jed makes is to set up a weekly mastermind group. He mentions that it doesn't have to be other internet marketers, but it could be people that are like freelancing or doing, you know, something where it makes sense for you to talk. Now that said, it could just be like a very loose mastermind where you get together, you talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. And it's more of a discussion group, maybe slightly more formalized than like a group of drinking buddies or something like that. But basically you could set up the format however you want. So you could have it in the morning, you have coffee, like before you go to work, you set it up in the middle of the day where you chat um, you have lunch once a week or something like that, or you could do it once a month or once a quarter or whatever. Like you're the boss, you could totally change it to whatever works for your schedule and what you're trying to do. Further, if you don't want to do the the, uh, the uh, what do you call it coffee in the morning, you could have happy hour and do drinks in the afternoon. Which depending on who you're hanging out with, that could be a great way to just blow off steam, hang out, and potentially get, you know, some new ideas because you're chatting with people about, uh, you know, potentially work. Like I said, maybe a little bit more structured than a group of like drinking buddies, but at the same time you can get some stuff done. Me personally, I have always been in a mastermind group of like some like format. So early on I met up, um, with Rob Atkinson and, Another one of our friends who's sort of under under the radar these days, and then I've I've met up with a couple other people too. Um, I've mentioned them different times, but some people, like I said, are under the radar at this time. But at this point, um, I could say masterminds have completely changed like the way that I've worked on stuff. Those early days, I had a corporate job. Those other guys had corporate jobs too, and basically, we knew what we were like talking about with each other going back to you know the co-working space that I'm a part of now it's fantastic because we speak the same language they're into a lot of the same things that I am and I'm interested in what they're interested in too so when Rob and I and some other folks were uh, meeting up we had full-time day jobs and we were getting together to talk about our affiliate marketing sites and the you know trials we were going through, things we were trying to figure out. 
when our sites got penalized or we had some sort of, you know, issue, we could go to the group and, and talk about it, get advice, get some outside opinions. It was fantastic. If you're not part of a mastermind group, highly, highly recommend you figure out how to form one. If you, you know, if you're not invited to one, make your own. I've always made my own, um, except for, I think, the most recent one that I'm in now. Uh, Ron Stefanski he shot me an email. He was, this has uh, been about, that's been almost a couple years ago. He shot me an email and was like, hey, do you want to just chat and catch up? And then at the time, it was just perfect timing for me because I wasn't in an active group at that time, or at least one was winding down and Ron wanted to uh, start chatting. And, um, you know, things have been good for both of us since then. I mean, we were doing fine before, but yeah, we still talk every couple weeks and it's, it's great. It's great just to catch up. Ours is a little bit less formal and, you know, it's just a group of two. So it's just a couple buddies getting together and chatting really. The next one that Jed mentions is doing other social stuff outside of work. So Jed actually formed a band, which is great. I play the guitar a little bit, you know, I'm not very good. Actually, I would say I'm quite bad for how long I've played, but I'm just casual, you know, so I'm not trying to form of a band or anything. I don't think I probably could, but the point is to do social stuff outside of work. And for me, I'm trying to think if I do anything specific. Oh, of course, beer. (laughs) So I homebrew beer and I've homebrewed for, you know, over a decade at this point. I'm a BJCP certified judge, that's beer judge certification program. And uh, at different points in time, I've taught judging classes. I've, you know, usually no matter where you live, you could probably find a local homebrew club, which is just, you know, people that like to brew beer. So they usually like to drink beer. Usually that's a good filter, you know, um, for me, because if they like to drink beer, then at least we have one hobby in common. And, and basically, it's a great way to to meet other people that are outside just the, the normal um, like work environment that you may be in if you have a corporate job or if you don't have that structure of a corporate job, you just meet a, a bunch of different people. So whatever your hobby may be, I'm sure there's a way you can hook up with folks. Uh, meetup.com has you know meetup groups on any kind of thing you want to meet up with people on. One other thing, I'll, I'll throw it in here because it's it's slightly related, not necessarily social, but I got into mentoring for a startup accelerator and entrepreneurship accelerator here in Longmont. And it's been awesome because you help companies that are right here in the community. They're rarely like tech startups and they're usually more like one or two people, very small businesses, usually under 18 months, at least in the program that I'm working with. So instead of helping like a venture backed, like startup accelerator, it's helping like very small businesses right in the community, which that's kind of what I would be more into anyway. That is what I'm more into anyway, versus, you know, mentoring like some sort of tech startup, which I I may not even be qualified to do that, you know, but for this, helping people start a small business. I mean, I, I understand a lot of the aspects, especially around marketing, but I also understand the process flow, process improvement, the project management aspect, a lot of HR stuff as far as hiring. 
interviewing people, building teams, and then that sort of thing. So if you could figure out some other way to help people out and mentor, that's that's a great way. 2.0, this is kind of going outside the main topic uh, overall of this episode, but 2.0 of me helping mentor uh, small startup companies is the network of mentors because there's a lot of people helping the the smaller companies and the people that are mentors are usually successful in business in one aspect or another. They've started their own companies. They've you know grown other companies. They've held positions where they've learned a lot. They usually have awesome networks. They're really smart and they're people that I want to hang out with, right? So when I looked at the full equation, I thought I can help people out um, that are starting companies. I could teach them some things that I've learned along the way. Additionally, it's a massive network of badasses who've done interesting things in business. And I was like, oh, this is a great ninja hack to upgrade my network and have sort of a formalized way to, to meet people. Because if you just go to a meetup or some sort of random uh, organization where you know, have to, I still have to go around and like introduce myself and like kind of figure out like the politics and all that stuff. This is not like that. We're just helping out companies and then we chat with each other. So it's fantastic. I've met some really cool people, very successful people, way out of my my league, I believe. So, so back to Jer- Jed's point here, um, do social stuff outside of work. Great idea. All right, next one is to meet up with other site builders. And he mentions that it's, it's difficult because you're scattered all over the world, but you can figure it out. And I think if you're in a big like metropolis, you usually, indeed, you can figure it out. There usually are a few people around. And um, e- even if you can't meet up with them like physically, you still could set up, you know, like uh, just some meetings every now and then. I mean, a lot of people are into like Facebook groups and other sort of like uh, forum type situations. And that's great. Not my style. I'm sitting in front of a computer all the time anyway. So for me, like the, you know, the Facebook thing and then all the forums and stuff, I just don't want to fucking type more. I just kind of want to do my, do my thing and then get away from the laptop. Like I'm not doing all this stuff to sit in front of the laptop. I'm doing this so I don't have to sit in front of the laptop. Um, and by the way, I do have the network local to me and I'm now like putting myself out there more so that I am meeting people locally. So luckily I can go like hang out with them at the co-working space, do a happy hour there versus like having to meet up with people online or have that sort of social aspect, um, via Facebook group. Not that they're bad because I know a lot of people are in there. It's just not my thing. I can't, I can't do it. I've tried, I, like from a marketing perspective, I'm leaving a lot of sort of interaction and potentially money on the table by not doing much in Facebook groups. But luckily I could choose what I want to work on. I don't enjoy Facebook groups, so I do not, I don't do it. All right, next, Jed mentions going to conferences and um, you know meeting people that way. So that is definitely a great way to do it. I will defer back to some of the other stuff that I mentioned um, where I'm like, ah, even if I go to a conference, it's still maybe not exactly a great fit for me. Um, however, I'll mention a couple things. One, I know conferences actually are fantastic. Meeting in person, 
there's no substitute for that. I mean, if you interact on uh, via email or, or whatever, uh, or the Facebook groups that I just trashed, uh, it's cool. But at the point where you actually like meet them face to face and hang out with them for an hour or two, or, or maybe there's some longer sessions or something like that, where you have some free time and you go, you know, you go do something away from the conference. Maybe you go for a hike with a group of people. Super cool, right? You really can bond and form relationships that way. Way, way faster, in my opinion, than doing it online. No, like even if you're like chatting face to face on like Skype, like the in-person stuff, definitely more valuable. And I, I would say like most people probably agree with that. Um, I imagine there's some po- folks that would bond just just as, as well. Uh, maybe they don't like to be around people as much, or big crowds make them nervous. Me personally, I don't necessarily get nervous in crowds. As I mentioned before, I'm not the social butterfly to like just go run around and introduce myself to a bunch of people. I've only gone to, I believe, I was going to say two conferences, but I think I've only been to one. It was fine. I met, you know, a handful of people, had a decent relationship with one or two. Um, and one person that I've, I've met up with a couple times since then, like in person, because of the, you know, the locality I was able to. And, um, yeah, we, we formed a pretty good bond and I could, you know, call them up on the phone now and say, Hey, you want to, you know, grab, grab a beer, let's talk shop or whatever. And we could go do that. So I think that's a great way to do it. Um, the little ninja hack here is, um, I haven't started doing this yet at the time that we're recording, but I am planning on speaking at some conferences in the near future. I've talked about it for a while. So longtime listeners probably remember me. Uh, mentioning my interest, I did the SEO talk here at the HQ. And basically, if you are presenting something, you kind of hack the whole social system there. So the 12 people that showed up for that SEO talk at HQ, they kind of know me a little bit. They listened to me talk. They they got to know my personality, a little bit of my of, of my background. So I don't have to go and like introduce myself from scratch. In fact, there's probably a good chance that um, a lot more people remember my name than I remember like the entire group of twelve people. I probably remember ten. You know what? I, I should I should try and make sure I can remember each one of the the fine people that that came and sat and listened to me talk for an hour. But the little ninja hack is like if you can present. Like you've kind of short-circuited that social, normal social, um, I guess, wiring. They know you. I'm not going to have to go and introduce myself. So if I could go talk at conferences, people will just come up to you and start talking, which is which is good. I think that's a good way to do it. And again, they kind of get to know your personality. You've helped them out, hopefully. I mean, if they come up to you, I would imagine that hopefully they've learned something or they have some follow-up question. Hopefully they're not coming up to tell you, that they hated your presentation. Now I'm starting to get nervous. I shouldn't even think about that. So anyway, conferences could be great, especially if you're into sort of like just going, going to a big group of people. Um, for me, not my favorite thing in the world, but, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. All right. Last Last one, and this is more like productivity related. So Jed mentions um, there's a lot of other good habits you could do, like the Pomodoro technique, which if you're not familiar, 
uh, the general idea is like you work for, I believe it's 23 minutes and then you take seven minutes off. You can kind of reformat the um, amount of time however you want to. So if you wanted to work for like 35 minutes and take 10 minutes off or three minutes off or whatever. But the point is you like set timers and you take, um, you work for a scheduled amount of time and then you take a scheduled uh, break for a specific amount of time too. Uh, you know, other productivity things, Jed mentions uh, meditation. Um, so I, I meditated here and there for a while and it's fine. Um, overall, I never, you know what, I, I kind of got out of the habit and I wonder if I should go back to it a little harder. <laughs> That's funny. Meditate harder. But basically it was fine. And I think I meditate in sort of other ways where I go for a walk outside with like no headphones on. And then I'm just like walking outside for a decent amount of time. Or um, I haven't been running much here in the winter, but if I go run outside for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever, and I don't have headphones in, like that is pretty much like meditation. I'm just breathing, trying not to, uh, you know, injure myself or fall down. And just in general, like regular exercise, pretty much every single day, um, at least getting, you know, 10,000 steps, like every single day, if I actually like work out or try and walk a little farther or hike or something like that, I'm probably getting, you know, 15, close to 20,000 steps, depending on what's going on. So I'm definitely, I definitely try to stay active, try to do something outside as much as possible and just like breathe fresh air, get sunlight, reduce like the stimulation of just sitting in front of the laptop and, you know, do normal human stuff outside. Through the magic of podcasting, it is a couple days later and I'm drinking coffee right now. I think I got interrupted with dinner or something like that as I was finishing up the episode and then um, I didn't get a didn't get back to it for a little while. So that's okay because it's transparent to you and maybe you were listening to this episode in the morning and now I'm drinking coffee with you. So we've gone full circle here. I did reflect a little bit on the topic and I realized, you know, some of the stuff that Jed was talking about is really just, you know, being more social and I think you have to know yourself. You have to understand do you need to be around people? If so, you should introduce that and make it part of your routine. Some people maybe want to be around folks a few times a week. Some people want it you know, every single day, even on weekends, and just have a lot of activities. Me personally, I don't need the external uh, stimulation. I enjoy it when I'm you know, around people that I enjoy being around, which seems... <laughs> seems like unnecessary to say, but there are definitely folks where maybe if you're around them, they have some sort of a negative energy, or at least you don't uh, jive exactly with, you know, the vibes that they're putting off. That was a weird phrase. I never say those words. Anyway, the point is, if you if you could figure out how you like to work and whether you you need the external stimulation of being around other people or I have a dog. I've had a dog um, probably for about 12, yeah, about 12, almost 13 years, except for about six months uh, when, when the old dog, Brody, when he passed away and before we adopted Georgie, who's sitting at my feet. That's a great way for me to get like some in, interaction from a positive source, like a dog. Dogs are usually pretty 
pretty darn happy to to hang out with you and go on walks and and just be cool. I do like to be around people a little bit, but it depends on the kind of work that I'm doing or what I have going on. Personally, I've actually thought about heading over to the co-working space and just having a day where I'm either just chatting with folks. I don't have any specific agenda where I need to get a bunch of work done or anything like that. And either I, I chat with folks that have some free time to talk to me or I read. I I used to, I guess, read a little bit more um, regularly for nonfiction. I read fiction almost every single evening before bed. For nonfiction, I used to read a lot more books. And then I think in the last year, I kind of tapered back because I was reading a lot of like newly released books that seemed to be fairly redundant. They would reference the same studies. They were not necessarily regurgitating, but they were restating. I'll say regurgitating. They were basically just restating other books. And it was a combination of just ideas that I've seen before. And I realized... I don't really need to read a new book to understand how to be productive. I just need to do the things that I say I'm going to do and the, you know, the ideas and, and principles to be productive. They're, I mean, they're pretty well known, like plan what you're going to do and then, and then do it, adjust if you need to. That's kind of a extremely oversimplified way <laughs> to say it. But if you, if you do what you say you're going to do, usually things work out pretty well. So you got to figure out what to work on, of course, but if once you have that determined, you should be in good shape. So anyway, I thought about setting aside a day where I go to the co-working space. There's like a, a library of books that people have, have brought in to share, and I could just pick up a book off the shelf, read it for a few hours, put it back on the shelf, <laughs> read it until I finish it up. And I think it'd be a great way, number one, to be a little more social, just because, you know, I'd, I'd be in an environment where there's like-minded folks. Maybe they have a break. You you know, usually people go to the co-working space to have those sort of random conversations, maybe grab a bite to eat, something like that. Um, the other part is I'd be able to read more and there's books there that I don't have on my my bookshelf. So kind of a nice way to uh, you know spend an afternoon if I don't have to get a bunch of stuff done. And by the way, as far as work-life balance, I'm also trying to introduce more slack into my schedule. It's very tempting to just say yes to as many opportunities as you can, and then that's a really good way to get overwhelmed. I'm also finding that in my like current position where I have this podcast, a YouTube channel, and the blog, I get a lot of emails where essentially it's people asking me to do shit for free, Um, which isn't necessarily bad, but they want me to do their work for them for free. That is bad. And at first I was like saying yes to a lot of those opportunities because they, they do present themselves as an opportunity. And a lot of times, actually I I get this every day from, uh, from the YouTube side. Hey, we have a product, we have an excellent affiliate program and gosh, you're going to make so much money. And I'm like, bullshit. You know, my audience is not into whatever it is you think your great product is. And the other part is uh, I have, you know, when I first started blogging, I'd get those emails that I would feel like important because people wanted me to potentially help sell their stuff and, you know, partner with them. I, I looked at it more like a partnership. 
wow, they, they think I'm doing something interesting and they want to work with me. And then what would happen is uh, they would launch the product and they would just go away. Not that they owed me money or anything, but I would recommend a product, say, hey, check it out. And then a few weeks later, they're like, ah, oh, you know what? We didn't get much of a bite, so we're just going to not do it. So I look like an idiot because I got behind some product where they obviously didn't know what the fuck they were doing. They had they had no follow through and just as soon as they hit a roadblock, they quit. So I imagine there's a lot of that going on, but I have now started saying no to most things because as I mentioned before, a lot of it is just like me doing work for someone and they're trying to leverage me like personally to sell stuff and they're trying to, you know, paint it as a picture where it's a, a partnership where, yeah, I'm an, I'm an affiliate. So, so I get paid if, if anything good happens out of it, if any, any sales happen, I would get a commission, but I mean, I, I don't, I guess I don't trust them necessarily to have the sales nailed down. I don't know how they're going to treat the customers at the end of the day. So I am very cautious at this point to partner with anyone. So usually it's like personal uh, acquaintances or personal friends of mine that I'm working with. Same deal for like anyone who, you know, sends me an email and wants to be an affiliate for anything that I sell. I usually um, don't work with them unless I personally know them. And most of the time, it ends up being like a former student or, you know, a, an actual friend of mine. I'm pretty sure I just made a pretty short story, very long there. Essentially, if you could figure out and if you understand if you like to be around people while you're working or if you prefer to, you know, just hang out alone, then you can do whatever thing you like to do and you have the freedom to choose whatever you want to do if you're working for yourself. It's important not to like fall into a rut. And sometimes I just, I try and mix things up as well, where if I'm, I'm working uh, really hard on a project for several days or several weeks in a row, it's great to mix it up and then work in a different environment, change up my schedule. I do like routine, but I also like mixing it up a little bit. I actually just realized in the last um, couple of days, I'm working out at a slightly different time of day. There are different people in the gym at that point. I'm walking uh, Georgie at a different time of day. So there's just like different things going on. Just the variety is nice. And I, I don't know, just changing it up occasionally, not a ton, but changing it up occasionally has been good for me just ongoing because I realized that I do that probably every couple months or so. I will just sort of change the time specifically that I'm walking Georgie or working out, which shifts around uh, my day as far as when I do work maybe when I go shopping or something like that. Again, I'm making this very simple idea a little bit longer, but changing up your routine could be a great way to just see other people. And the variety is hopefully stimulating for your brain. I'm going to hop over to email and see if I got any fresh hot questions just so I can string this out a little bit longer for everybody. Great. I didn't know if I was going to find one, but I actually have a very meaty question here. So someone replied back to one of the emails that I sent out in the autoresponder series. By the way, if you're not signed up for the email list, please go to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, enter your name and email. I'll send you a bunch of cool templates and hopefully what you find to be helpful emails pointing you in, in the direction of content that I've you know, either written 
produced a video or a podcast or something like that, and it helps you out. This person says, I'm a software project manager, just like my background, and I have 10 years experience in web technologies. In the last six months, I find myself attracted to affiliate marketing on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere people say, start blogging to earn passive income. He also says, he or she also says, I'm not a good writer and I'm not a writer at all and I don't know WordPress and I still want to do something for a side hustle. Please guide me for what is best for me. That's a tough one. That's a, this is a very tough question, but I'm going to give it a shot here. Basically, I would say if you're not a good writer and you don't know WordPress and I was going to say, there, I, I read the email. There's a lot of grammar issues and typos and stuff. I can attest the person is actually not very good at writing and they, they don't proofread or edit um, before they send an email. So that, that is an observation of my own. So overall, I would say try to do a side hustle as a freelancer. If you, if you don't know WordPress and you don't like writing and content is not your thing, I would highly suggest staying in your, your set of skills, your PM and web technologies. So you can do that on the side as a side hustle. So that is num- number one option, I think. That, that is probably the best way to very easily do something on the side. Number two, and, and by the way, you could grow that into a six-figure income no problem. All right. As a freelance software project manager, you probably have some other um, potential software skills as well. So if you parlay that into something a little bit bigger, you totally can make a full-time income doing that kind of work. Next, I would also recommend if, if you want to start stacking your skills, if you want to start learning some other things, then check out WordPress. It is extremely simple to get started. You can make it very, very complicated, but it's very easy to get started. There are videos, and I have one um, using SiteGround. You can go to SiteGround. I'm an affiliate for them, but you could you could go to SiteGround, sign up for hosting. I think you could pay for like a year in advance for the cheapest hosting package, and it'll probably be you know, 60, 75 bucks, something like that, probably under a hundred, almost certainly, and set up WordPress in a few minutes. It's super easy. You can have a theme on there. It will look good out of the box and you could put your, you know, whatever you want to put in there uh, for the the domain name or title, assuming it's, uh, you know, not taken. But at that point, you know, you'd be able to hire writers, you could outsource most of the activities. The problem with that is it's quite expensive to outsource most of the activities. But if you're crushing it as a software project manager, then you may have some money to invest. All right, so you may have some money that you could put into it just to get things started. You probably will need to hire uh, someone to do keyword research, someone to do the writing, and you probably need an editor because you you need someone who is strong in the editing area and you're like, hey, my strength is not in writing, it's not in content, so don't you don't have to try and learn all that stuff. You can if you want, but if you're learning WordPress, if you're learning a bunch of things that are all brand new, all at the same time, 
it's going to be frustrating. So I recommend just kind of slowly getting into it, hiring people if you can, and then you'll be able to slowly stack the skills. Maybe, maybe you become a better editor just through the process. So th- those are the two main options. So you could do some freelance work in the area that you already have skills just to see how it goes. See if you like to do that. Um, if you want to get into affiliate marketing because you are reading about it, you're listening to it, you're watching videos on it for the past six months, and you like the idea of passive income, then an affiliate site or a content site is probably a good move. If you are freelancing, obviously you are still trading time for money. It doesn't mean that you can't shift from that point, but you know, freelancing is the easiest way to just get into side hustling. As far as the the passive part, I will tell you there's a ton of work. There's a lot of work up front for affiliate marketing or content sites. Once things are in place, once once things are rolling, usually it's a lot more hands-off. It's not a hundred percent passive. Nothing is a hundred percent passive, but you can kind of get into a maintenance mode where you're not in the weeds every single day. You're not worrying about it and you just know that things are generally stable. So that's my take. If people have other tips, let me know. I know there's there's no direct path. And I mean, I only got not even a hundred words of an email from this person. So I can't really guide, <laughs> I can't really guide someone on the quote best thing for them with uh, such a small amount of information. But I think that kind of hits the broad areas. A lot of this stuff is going to be hard and confusing. And part of, you know, the side hustle is like light entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship in a lot of ways is making a decision with incomplete data and you got to move fast, right? You, you can't linger for too, too long. I know there's exceptions to a lot of various cases that people could come up with, but I mean, you just have to like pick a lane and stay in it, see how it works out. You got to follow through. You don't want to jump around too much. If you do, you're just going to end up being even more frustrated than if you just stuck with a thing that maybe didn't seem like it was working and you just have to stay with it long enough until it does start working. That said, there's also, you know, you may come up with some business model that just isn't viable or a product. Like I was complaining about people sending me uh, product ideas and want me to try and pitch it to my audience and stuff like that. And basically, like if you come, I mean, it's possible to come up with like a bad product idea or a bad business model. It's hard to tell if you just need to stick with it long enough and then it'll work out. Or if you just need to stop, cut your losses, ignore the sunk cost and just move on. It's really hard to tell that. So it, it is that uncertainty and entrepreneurship is filled with it all over the place. You never know like what's going to work out great or something that is just never going to uh, you know lead you to success. Ooh, all right. I think I'm going to I'm going to finish it up here so everybody have a great day out there. If you have any questions, if you have any comments on this episode, shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. You can also leave a voicemail. And if you're brand new to the show, thank you for listening. Check out some of the success stories. People really love those. And 
subscribe if you if you do want to hear more of these and you want to get notified whenever a fresh new episode comes out. We publish two per week and I've kept that up uh, for over a year. So we, we are doing pretty good, pretty consistent. We haven't missed one of those yet. That's pretty cool. All right. Have a good day out there. We'll catch you on the next one.